Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Plant Services Tool Belt Podcast. We've got a special guest with us today, Osvaldo Rodriguez, or Oz to his friends. I've met Oz at the ARC Advisory Group's annual industry forum a couple of years ago. He's a technologist who is currently the head of product go-to-market strategy with Lloyd's Registered Digital Products. His LinkedIn profile also says one of his goals is to save the world building one cool product at a time. So Oz, thank you so much for sitting in with us today. Thank you so much, Tom, for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to participate on this great publication. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, I know we had a lot of good conversations down there at the ARC Forum, um, but could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and some projects that you're working on right now? Yes. Basically, as you said, I'm a technologist. Uh, my background is software engineering. And what I do right now is the link between the technology that we develop at Lois Registered Digital Products and the market, making sure that they're a good fit, that we're really solving a customer's problem, that we're really advising our customers the best, the best way moving forward so that they can take their all the projects, you know, with the pandemic, everything is about digital. Everything is about digital transformation. Sustainability has come into, into scrutiny and now it's centered on everybody's agenda. So yeah, that, that's what we do, making sure that we right, build the right products, the right tools to support all of these great ambitions our customers have. Okay, you know, we've had our pick of crises the past couple of the years worldwide, not only current events over in uh, Eastern Europe, but also, as you said, sustainability issues, uh, the COVID pandemic. You know, Plant Services spoke to someone recently, uh, he was a control system engineer who stated that the sustainable moment is upon us. So if I could focus on that issue to start the podcast, industry has been heading in that direction for some time, a more sustainable direction. Do you agree that currently there might be a different sort of urgency or opportunity in this area for industry? I, I agree. And, and I think that the catalyst was last year's COP26. It was the first time that we really met as an industry, as a planet, and, and really looked at this as something that we need to do. It's not about income. It's not about cost cutting. It's not about safety. It's about we surviving as a species, making sure this planet is fit for purpose. And I think that by having that meeting and come out with so so many great discussions, thought leaders, presidents of countries, making pledges like a global methane pledge, right? Now we have KPIs and we have a timeline. So we have really smart goals. And your publication talks a lot about to maintenance people, to, to, to inspection people, to, to business leaders, you have to have KPIs. I think this is the first time I might be incorrect, but it, it, it feels tangible. The first time that we actually have a goal, we want to reduce this much by this time. And that makes it real. That brings it to perspective. It's not a politician say, we're going to reduce methane emissions by 2050. You no idea what's the goal. Now, now I feel like with that goal in mind, it has come into, into scrutiny because now we can measure ourselves. Did we, good, did we do a good job on, on meeting those goals? So I think that's why it's front and center and, every, and on everybody's agenda, to be honest. Yeah, I'm feeling that too. We've had a columnist writing us for us every other month for some time now about 
energy issues and sustainability issues. And even this columnist is pretty excited about the opportunity he sees. He's been preaching the wisdom of developing new energy plans to accommodate goals that were referenced in the COP conference. Um, he, he sees this movement afoot too. And the interesting part, and what I what I see the, the risk lies is that all of these pledges and commitments and goals and ambitions were made at, at a country level, but it's up to us in the industry on every part of the supply chain to make sure we're aligned so that we can meet these goals. So it's not the United States of America or Canada or the UK that are is going to meet the goals. Is is the industries, is the companies, is is us. As, as part of this industry that is going to be able to say, yes, we, we came together as an industry. We looked for solutions. We looked for innovations. We looked at transforming the way we do business so that we can be profitable, but at the same time that we can help the environment and our communities. And if, we, and, and if in 2030, we're able to say, yes, we did it, not only have we advanced as an industry, I think we have advanced as a society. Well, and this conference brought together uh, plenty of nations and plenty of their industrial representatives. Do you think that sustainability efforts will bring a new or different kind of information sharing among plants and in their parent organizations to help promote best practices for goals like methane reduction or, or zero waste to landfill? I know sometimes plants can keep a hold of that information tightly, but in, in some ways, you know, without talking to each other, it's tough to know how everyone can work together to move towards that goal. And, and I think so. Yes. And I think so. And I think that the, the, the key change is that I don't think the companies view that as a competitive advantage anymore. Because mm. You want to keep a competitive advantage from others because that's going to make you better. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, you're reducing uh, methane emissions or you going into a, a lower energy consumption or better waste management process, I really hope that it becomes a platform for companies, even competitors, to talk among themselves and say, do this. Because again, it's not about saving money. It's not about being more competitive and getting more value to the stake, to the shareholders and stakeholders. But it, it, we're, all, we're all on this together. We're run, really running out of time to make decisions and changes so that we stop making harm to our country our planet to our earth and make maybe 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 irreparable if we don't stop so it's not it's not about i'm gonna make more money than you it's like let's do this together as an industry and let's do this as as the sites of of this region and let's show that we can work together now competitive advantage would lie on the on other parts of the supply chain on the quality of your products on the engineering expertise but I think this piece needs to be a shared knowledge. It, it should be like a Wikipedia where everybody in the industries look, and not only not only oil and gas, everybody, everybody outside, car manufacturing and, and food and beverage and mining. So I think it's really important that that we start building common practices because once we do that and once we really adopt them, that's where we, we start seeing the changes. And that only happens if we come together. You know, there was a great mining story since you mentioned the mining industry that I heard about two or three years ago, just before the pandemic at a conference out in Phoenix. Uh, the long story short was they had put sensors on reconditioned um, um, fleet vehicles 
to make sure they knew where the flaws in the vehicles were, when the vehicles needed maintenance as they were moving the ore out of the mine. They found though that they had, they had rebuilt the machine, the, the fleet so well that the bumps and vibrations the sensors were picking up were actually flaws in the road. And so using the IOT, they had not only managed to make rebuild a good fleet, but also they could repair the road as needed, streamline energy efficiency, reduce fuel consumption, reduce bumps and jostles. I mean, there was this cascading series of dominoes that fell thanks to the way that the internet was helping consolidate data so they could see not just data about the fleet, but about the roads too. And again, that led to fuel efficiency and certain sustainability. They weren't even thinking about sustainability savings when they started the fleet project. They thought they wanted to just uh, pre uh, reduce the need to buy new capital equipment for the fleet. They found out that not only did they avoid that, but they, they, they achieved energy savings too. And, and what I love about the technology today is that we don't have to reinvent the wheel, no pun intended, but we don't have to reinvent it right. to be able to, to be more effective. And not only on the production side, availability and reliability, but if we look, if we're really honest with ourselves, if we look, if we avoid things like loss of containment, unscheduled downtime, we're already helping the planet. The best, the, the car, if you run your car the best that you can and you do the best maintenance, emissions are going to be lower and you're going to be helping your environment. So I, I, I love those stories because sometimes innovation comes from the most unlikely places or you want or you build something for something in mind to solve a problem in mind and then you realize that it could be used to solve some other problems and and i'm a really big advocate of let's use what we have today mm -hmm. and let's take advantage of what we have today companies don't have to invest millions and millions reconfiguring plants Putting IoT, although I love I love technology, I love sensor data, I love real-time data because it gives you a completely different view on, on the operability of your assets. But if you if it's a 1970 plant and it's the core of your operation, there's other methods, other software, other technologies that you can use and you can make and you can increase the, the life of that equipment in a safe way and in a sustainable way. And I think that, that that's a strong message I would like to give today. Uh, taking the great opportunity of this platform is let's let's take a look at what we have today processes and people and it and i'm sure that we can come up with great solutions with what we have today you know that's a really good segue into some research that plant services did last year with our readers uh, it was during the pandemic and it was more exiting the pandemic uh at least before delta hit hard and people had a handle on the people knew the vaccines were available and that plant processes have been reconfigured as needed to sort of smooth out the hiccups related to COVID absences. Um, so we, we, we asked a couple of questions, including the kind of needs that the situation had uncovered among the organizations. And our readers pointed towards two specific areas of need. Number one, improved digital operations. So using data better to make decisions. And number two, to your point about using your resources, improved planning and scheduling, because they realized that with sick outs and surprise absences and longer quarantines, um, there was a need for better processes to handle the existing resources. So uh, my question sort of follows on your point before, are you seeing plants also take concrete steps in one or both of these areas, uh, either starting with use what they have or perhaps add on digital technologies? I think they are. I think 
what what we're what we're seeing even before the pandemic was this digital transformation movement that in my opinion was a little the the, the concept is good but it was misused the marketing sometimes is lovely but sometimes just makes something just just for the for the sake of it everything was digital transformation and we lost the key message at the bottom at the core of it which was you need to look at your processes at your people mm. and those that had waste those steps or those tax tasks or those activities that had waste maybe there's an option or an opportunity for technology to help you on that is not transforming your whole your your whole business into a digital platform it's just basically using digital to help you reduce waste because you know the cycles on a computer cycles on a server can calculate and can do projections and things much much faster than a human being right that's the goal so i think companies that really caught the message well are really taking advantage and I'm, are taking a look at specialized applications and software to solve some of their key issues now Keep in mind that data silos can cause up to 30% loss on revenue. So you do need to connect. Now, the other pandemic that now we have is that we have too much data mm. and people are swimming on data and they want to predict and they want to do a lot of things before they get back, they get back to basics. Is this data good? Is this a good quality? Do I trust the sensor? Do I trust the maintenance on the sensor so that it's providing me with the good data? Am mm -hmm. I collecting the right data at the right time? It's not collecting all the data I can all the time because think about the over, now you're moving the overhead upstream. Now the overhead is not, I need more data. The overhead is what do I do with all this data? And it's expensive overhead. But I, what I was going to say at the beginning is not only automation, it's not only remote, it's not only scheduling, because the, the other thing that happened with the pandemic is the great resignation. So now you have less specialized people running around the plants fixing the things that you have that you have that need fixing. So the other trend that I've seen is this knowledge drain capturing. How do you how do I capture knowledge? Because let's be honest, the greatest asset of a company is their knowledge and if that asset is lying on somebody's head that person is going to retire which is happening with baby boomers which is happening with gen x's because they've reached a time where they're like we're done and with the pandemic it accelerated those plans in many cases and then you also get people don't want to really work nine to five anymore so oil and gas is not the sexiest job these days which it was in the 80s and the 90s but it's not so hot so we need to we need ways of capturing knowledge we need ways of systemizing and productizing knowledge so mm -hmm. that you do the most important thing that you have to do is to make sure you assure the continuity of your business and i've seen that trend too but i agree with you improving on scheduling because you need to be more effective because you have less resources and cost constraints, constraints right? And you also need remote and, and use technology to reduce the waste. Yeah, I'm curious about your thoughts on renewable energy technologies too. I know a friend who uh, uh, is specializing right now in motor signature analysis, I'm sorry, motor current signature analysis for wind turbines. Um, he's looking towards the wind sector right now uh, supporting that side of the renewables business because, again, he's looking at the sustainable moment and figuring this is where his 
he, he can best uh, support these efforts. Are, are you seeing uh, a, a special increase in the area of, of wind technology and solar technology uh, of that kind? More, more on the wind side than on, mm -hmm. on the solar side. And I, and I think that I've seen an uptake on, on this technology. And, and the great thing, if, if we go back into our digital trans transformation journey, mm -hmm. is that because these are new equipment, they can fully sensorize. So all the signals and all or all the information you're, you're getting from this from these machines, you're able to analyze and optimize. That by itself is a really big step forward. Whereas mm -hmm. if you had a pressure vessel or a column or a pump, sometimes these are many, many times these are not sensorized. So then yep. you have to go back and look for another ways of optimizing their function, right? So I, I do think that that's a way out. Now, do we have the enough capacity to build farms that will sustain cities or countries? Mm -hmm. That's I think we're still in that process of discovering the expansion needed and the infrastructure needed to, to make that happen. But in, in pointed solutions and, and pointed examples and case studies that have come out recently, you can see that the trend is to expand the footprint. Yeah, the one technology that I wish was more advanced than it currently is are, is the promise of solar roads, the technology where you would embed sensors in the roads. And I, I confess in not being keeping up to the technology to knowing if it's, a, if it's a distribution issue or if it's an issue of the materials surviving vehicle traffic. But uh, that, that's the one I thought was going to be race out in front. And I was wrong about that. It's I hear you about wind having the most interest right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that. I haven't heard a lot of that one that you're mentioning, but I can see how there's going to be many factors because, mm -hmm. because if you look at a wind turbine, you can design everything. You can design the load, you can design the position, you can design everything. Okay. With, with this type of technology, you don't know what the traffic is going to be. You don't know what the type of tires, I mean, the right. food traffic, bicycles, <laughs> weather, right it affects right. the sensors and, and it affects the hardware so yes right. uh, i think that we're gonna get there at some point i hope <laughs> same here well let me ask you one more question then it's about other trends that you're seeing you know you work for lawyers register put you in contact with uh, a lot of different clients across plenty of industry sectors and verticals um are there any other emerging trends that you're spotting in the area that our readers focus on which is maintenance reliability operations um, either either trends coming from one sector or starting to emerge from, from more than one? I would say that even though it's not the newest technology, and, and remember that we're in an industry with we are a little bit laggers, so we're not the ones that update the first technology that comes out and implement it widely. There, mm -hmm. There's always the, the front runners that spend a lot of an R&D. So for example, technologies like data lakes. I think that what happened is before the pandemic, we were looking at the pointed solutions for this problem, a pointed solution for this other problem, a pointed solution for this other problem. And what ended up happening is that now you have all these data points, but no, no one data point was talking to each other. So what happens is you could make a decision based on one data point but it could have triggering effects on other parts of your operations because you never saw information 
consistently. So I think that companies right now are investing a lot into have a single view, everything integrated, everything that comes into their IT ecosystem has to have the capability to be integrated. These things have existed for a long time, but is the fact that we're realizing the importance of having a orchestrated system that where when you're going to make a decision as a maintenance person, as a planned owner manager, uh, as a maintenance manager, that you're able to say, if I do this, what effects am I going to have on different parts of the process, right, of the supply chain? So I think that integration has come into center. And obviously, we've touched about this, but remote and automation mm. do the do more stuff with less resources. So it's so, so pushing everything down the pipe of I input something and I want you to to do a lot. So I, I don't have to do a lot of manual work. And I want and I I want to be able to reach the systems everywhere on premise systems that you have installed within your IT ecosystem that you have to go to the office and plug your laptop uh, so that you can get to those systems. They are they're in, in their way of extinction because the way that the world is shaping right now is I can work from anywhere. Right. Right. And that's something we heard too, was a lot more interest in remote monitoring. And as you say, we're at the point where the data is being collected. And now the next frontier is analyzing and taking actionable um, uh, information from it. <clears throat> Correlations. If I do this to this process, what's going to happen with the other processes? I think we cannot make, we need to stop making decisions on isolations because data points are not information, they're just data points. Mm -hmm. Well, Oz, thank you for sitting in with us today. And it sounds like we're circling right back to sustainability because as you say, that's gonna connect everything in the end and decisions about asset health are gonna be frequently made with that either connected or as a larger contact. That is correct, yes. So, thank you once again for being here, Oz. Thank you so much, Tom, for the invitation, and I hope to see you soon.